by building virtual events, when you market them correctly and you host them correctly and you get the right collaborators and you target the right audience, what ends up happening is you build a pipeline of engagement and leads and conversation. And that, and because of the work I do, that conversation is societal changing conversation. And it eventually, if you nurture those people, that can be your next client, that can be your next collaborator, that can be your next biz bestie. Um, and so the power of virtual events when run properly has really opened up doors for my entire business and really my career. Heroes are an inspiring group of people, every one of them from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital, the war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom, the police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling, but there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what, I can fix that, I can help people, and I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world, others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence so you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and I'm live on the line with Jenny Hale. Jenny, are you there? Hi, how are you? I am doing wonderful. You know, had a bit of a rough night with my family. They were all sick last night, but uh, we're still here. So where are you joining us from? Right now, I am on the East Coast, but I travel the world, so last week I was in Mexico, so this week I'm stateside and I won't be here much longer, so I'm all <laughs> nice. over the place. Yeah, we travel full-time as well. We're currently in uh, St. Louis. Saturday, we're leaving for Oklahoma, then Texas, then the Florida Keys. We're going to go up the uh, East Coast this, uh, this summer, so it should be a lot of fun. Fun. I love it. Love it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let me uh, introduce you real quick for our guests who don't know who you are. So Jenny is a visibility and marketing consultant who helps entrepreneurs with cause, advocacy, why-based, and socially conscious businesses um, who build, you know, you build social media, media awareness, um, that skyrocket engagement sales, and aims to turn pain and life experiences into businesses with a big social purpose. So tell me a little bit about that, right? What are you known for today? Why do people come to you? How do you help people in the marketplace? Yeah, so my background, I started my first business when I was 19 years old. I was in college and I was a local photographer, which I stumbled into. It was not something I was like, oh, I woke up one morning and I was like, oh, I'll go start a business. I stumbled into it and it was so rewarding. But, um, you know, I originally just was like, oh, this is really, really fun. But about a few months into my business, I worked with a client who had an infant and that was the very first family photo shoot since the infant had been born. It was the first time they had professional photos of just the infant all on their own. And within about two weeks or so of the session, I was notified that the, the baby had passed away. And I learned really quick in the very beginning stages of my business that business isn't about making money. At least mm. that's what people think business is about. But for me, it was about impacting lives. And in that moment, I had given basically irreplaceable memories to a family that they could have forever. And those little moments and memories and, and you know, deep things were things that people couldn't take away from them. And my responsibility as a photographer was much more than how many sessions can I book on a Saturday? It was so much deeper and personal. And eventually in later years, as I moved into more online marketing, you know, I took that lesson with me. And so now it's about raising awareness, educating people, um, creating results that change their lives. And in general, what we're able to do is use our platform for the greater good of society. And that has been my true purpose and calling. And I'm so lucky that it led me to where I am today. 
That's really awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I actually, my business that paid my uh, college bills was a photography business. I was doing a wedding and portraits for, uh, um, for all of the local college students and families that were around there. And that's how I paid, uh, paid for college. So I feel that's you. That's how I did too. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I actually, I discovered sometime right after college when I started doing it all the time instead of just as a side gig to pay the uh, college bills um, that I didn't like it as a profession. Um, and <laughs> that's how I got into, uh, got started into marketing because I really liked the marketing side a lot more. Um, I always yeah, so. said that too. I was like, I am a businesswoman with a camera. And while I <laughs> loved photography, what I fell in love with was the creative side. And what I fell in love with was the clients. And, yeah. you know, it was a natural progression into spending the rest of my career you know, as an entrepreneur and doing marketing and, and getting to work one-on-one -on -one with clients. It's the best yeah, part. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why, uh, you know, when I do my podcast, I can't use like a regular webcam. I've got a $2,500 digital SLR and like lighting and stuff because <laughs> I'm totally a photography geek, but it's just for personal stuff now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. So I'm going to talk a little bit about your origin story, right? So every hero has their origin story. It's where you started to realize that you were different, that maybe you had superpowers and maybe you could use them to help other people, where you started to de develop or discover the value you can really bring to people. How did you get started on this entrepreneur journey to, uh, to get where you are now? So, you know, moving from the 19-year-old photographer into starting my consulting at age 20, I've been consulting in the online space and local space for years and years and years now. So now it was a matter of figuring out where my place was in that industry too. And a, a little under two years ago, I left home with everything that fit in my car and ran across state lines to seek help from a domestic violence shelter. And that was probably one of the biggest lows in my life. And it helped me reevaluate what I wanted to do in this world. And domestic violence, while it was not something that was easy for me to deal with or escape from, it's a big part of my story and it's a big part of why I do what I do today. And while I had done consulting for all of these years, what I really wanted to do was give back and help other entrepreneurs build a sustainable business that, in all honesty, never put them back into the position that I was in where I was stuck to a location. I was in a financial situation where if I left, you know, what, what was next? Where was I going to earn money? Um, and entrepreneurship and working remotely and traveling the world gave me the freedom and lifestyle and income that allowed me to be able to be mobile and leave that situation. And if I didn't discover entrepreneurship as a full-time option, um, I don't know where I would be today. So it was something where I really want to help other entrepreneurs who have a deep story, a deep purpose, learn how to run successful businesses so that they too have that freedom and whatever that freedom looks like for them, whether they're trauma survivors or, you know, they want to leave the corporate sector for good, or they want to be home with their kids, whatever that looks like for them. For me, it gave me safety. And it's something that's deep in my soul and core and something I truly believe in. And so now I help online service-based businesses and entrepreneurs who have that bigger purpose. They, they want to give back to the world more than just making money. They want to start a business and build visibility without paying for ads. I specialize in organic marketing and they want to reach thousands online with their story and their message. And one of the ways that we do that is through visibility events, things like webinars and Facebook challenges and Twitter chats. And we run that business from the core soul of we're here to impact lives. We're here to raise awareness. We're here to educate and we're here to share our truth and our story in the hopes that we're able to reach somebody who needed to hear that today. Awesome. So how long have you been doing that business? This business um, has been a little under two years now. Um, and I think hmm, we're coming up, yeah, we're coming up on about maybe 18 months or so since I've niched down into this community. So what's your, uh, what's your favorite success story so far in the last 18 months? 
Um, in October, I ran a domestic violence awareness campaign. I partnered with over a dozen entrepreneurs around the world, um, survivors, um, mental health professionals, um, advocates and supporters, and helped raise awareness for those who were healing after domestic violence and abuse and learn new things that could help them in that healing process, whether that be coping skills or just in general, find a community of people who got it and understood where they were coming from. And um, that was really successful. We were able to reach 50,000 people organically wow. in a month. We were able to build a hashtag that's still being used on social media today. And um, we were able to touch a lot of lives. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's uh, the, the work you're doing is working then. <laughs> I hope so. That's awesome. So I'm going to talk a little bit about your superpowers, right? This is what you do or build or off this world that really helps solves problems for people. And the way I've been framing this for my guests recently has been um, like this, right? So if you look at your set of skills that you have in your life, right, you might have a bunch of things that you're really good at. Um, but you have one of them that probably really enables the rest of them, right? For me, that's been, um, I, I realized recently it was uh, systems and processes was my thing. And a lot of the other skills I had, I had developed because I had this other skill. So they were like derivatives, right? I got really good at webinars because I could see the systems and processes behind them. And I got really good at some other things because of that one skill. So I'm curious for you, have you ever thought about it that way? What your zone of genius or what your superpower is that really enables everything else that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really good at lead generation. I'm really good at sales. I'm really good at visibility and I'm really good at teaching. But why am I good at all of those things? And the biggest thing that is the root of all of my success is the fact that I have mastered how to run virtual events. And those can range for different people, um, what that looks like for you. But, you know, webinars are one of them. Facebook challenges are one of them. Twitter chats are how I've gone viral to almost 4 million people in a single day. Um, it's, it's how I raise awareness through summits and contests and event-based marketing strategies. And that's really where I thrive. And I love that because by building virtual events, when you market them correctly and you host them correctly and you get the right collaborators and you target the right audience, what ends up happening is you build a pipeline of engagement and leads and conversation. And, that, and because of the work I do, that conversation is societal changing conversation. And mm -hmm. it eventually, if you nurture those people, that can be your next client. That can be your next collaborator that can be your next biz bestie um and so the power of virtual events when run properly has really opened up doors for my entire business and really my career awesome i actually have a uh, friend of mine who's looking to run a virtual summit sometime this year i'll have to make sure i connect you to them because i know they need help <laughs> thank you yeah i love running summits i think they're so much fun yeah, yeah. And I've never done one. I've done a couple of the Facebook challenge things before. We Obviously, I've done thousands of webinars um, for over the last 10 years or so. But the, uh, the um, and I, like you say, the Twitter chat thing, and I like, I don't even know what that means, but I don't use Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things that really separates me in the industry is that I use a lot of strategies nobody's ever heard of. And that's why they're successful because they're not saturated. People, you know, haven't tuned them out yet. That's new. That's different. And um, for advocacy and cause-based businesses, hashtags are really important. And yeah. Twitter is one of those places where you can start a movement online. And so for this particular community and industry, it's, it's a really powerful platform. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I just got a notification the other day from Twitter. They said they, uh, um, they kicked me off for for policy violations, but I don't know why, because I don't use the platform. So <laughs> um, like I, I submitted to them, I was like, hey, what rule did I break? Because like, as far as I know, I'm not doing anything to break rules. <laughs> <laughs> I just occasionally have a couple people I follow that like, I'll check on the things that they tweet about. And then, you know, of course, our president um, tweets all the time. So I've like subscribed to his stuff to see what everyone's talking about. Um, but yeah, they kicked me off last week, because apparently you have to do things more than just watch <laughs> <laughs> apparently they have to use the platform they yeah, keep you, you off being active 
yeah, I was inactive. They're like, it's policy violation. You're gone. I was You're like, inactive. Oh, Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, so I got kicked off of Twitter. Um, I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Deplatformed. <laughs> put up a hashtag, cancel culture. No. <laughs> I love it. Oh. So the, uh, the other side of your superpowers is, of course, your fatal flaw, right? And just like Superman has his kryptonite, your fatal flaw is something that you have struggled with in growing your business. And I think more importantly than what it is, but uh, is how have you sort of helped yourself overcome your, your own fatal flaw in your business? So people who are listening struggle from the same thing might learn a bit from you. Yeah, so I think, you know, in any business, one of the big things that stops a lot of entrepreneurs is we use the excuse of not having enough time. Mm -hmm. And I truly believed that when I was working in the corporate sector and running my businesses as a side hustle that, you know, oh, it's all because I have a full-time job or back when I was 19, 20, oh, it's because I'm going to school full-time and I'm taking 18 credits a semester and I still need to get my 4.0 or, you know, whatever. Like there was always some excuse. And then I went full-time into my business and now it's really funny. I'll be like, I don't have time to do that, even though it's my full-time job. Um, so I think a big fatal flaw of a lot of entrepreneurs, myself included, is that we make excuses for things that we can control because time is something that really is just, if we reword it correctly, a prioritization problem. So what is our priority? And that's when we start to say, well, we don't have enough time. When the real answer is we aren't making that particular thing a priority. Now, whether that particular thing is a priority should be a priority or should not be a priority, that's a totally different conversation. But I think as entrepreneurs, we need to recognize that we have just the exact same amount of time in a day as somebody who's currently making a bajillion dollars and we can make anything happen. Everything's figure outable in some way, shape or form. And one of the ways that I've combated my own excuses of, well, I don't have time to do that is by making sure that I never used that excuse. So my business's foundations are on the theory of automation. So the things that people feel like they're spending all their time on social media, spinning their wheels, like not getting anywhere, you know, scrolling all day, I've either done one of two things. I've either automated that process or I've hired somebody to do it for me. I love it. I love it. Hiring, hiring people is, uh, is my, my new favorite superpower. Um, because <laughs> it's like, it's like how you want to, you want to know how to, how to turn one hour into 10 you hire someone and put together training for them in an hour and then they can get 10 hours of work done for it. Exactly. Um, and it's a, it's an incredible form of leverage. And then it dramatically opens up the amount of time you have available to accomplish things. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of reprioritizing what was left and um, you know, time, there's only 24 hours in a day and there's no need to have your business run your life but there are always systems and processes, as I'm sure you know, <laughs> that make that so much easier and streamline a lot of the work you do. Like I have multi four figure leads that come to me through an automated sales funnel. I've never met them before when they show up in my inbox. I have no idea who they are. They've never liked one of my things. They've never commented on my stuff. They just show up. And that's a process that I've been able to implement in my business. And that's what I help my clients implement too. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's what we do as well. It works really, really well. I'm actually in the process of building that for our newest venture. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting that up and going, but yeah, the, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're starting a, a company called Push Button Podcasts, where we help uh, business development podcasts do everything after the stop record button um, is hit and like literally everything for them. So uh, uh, we're in the process of building the sales pieces for that because we got the processes down pat to actually deliver it. So oh, that's so cool. Fun. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to show it to you after, uh, after we're done with the interview. But yeah, the uh, setting up the automations and whatnot is just a huge, huge win. Um, when you realize like it's, it's one of those things that allows you to innovate in a space um, because automation is not something that a lot of people really know how to use. Um, and when you start implementing automation, you can take things that your competitors are spending 8, 10, 12, 15 hours on 
and turn it into zero hours or mm -hmm. maybe a couple of hours for management. Um, and that time differential is a uh, is an innovation in your space, which allows you to uh, to do things they can't do, and you know spend more on leads or spend more on other things, um, you know redirect your resources in ways that they can't. So. Absolutely, it's it's literally the key piece to any successful business. You're only one person, and you know mastering those basic things that can be automated, and it is. You're you're right. You know, a lot of my clients come to me and they're, you know, spending all day on social media or they're spending all, all this time on their business and they're not actually getting an ROI from it. And it's like, well, guess all this stuff that you're manually <laughs> what are you doing. Your time on? Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah, that's not what you need to be spending your time at. That stuff gets automated. This stuff over here, which takes five seconds, is what's going to get you a sale by the end of the week. Yeah. And then the other thing that I like we do with our clients for the uh, the brand building stuff is we always try to make sure that the stuff that you're delivering is stuff that can be delivered at scale. Um, and uh, if you can deliver at scale, then you can scale. <laughs> so you can increase your income exactly. and, uh, and, and impact more people. But it also means that you can, if you automate the hard labor stuff, and then you can deliver at scale for whatever it is you're doing, then you can uh, you can manage a multi six figure business on four to ten hours a week. Absolutely, um, everything's possible, and everything's yeah. as long as you figure it out, everything can be fixed. Yeah, absolutely, and I you know I'm living proof, right? I travel yes. full time with my family and spend maybe twenty hours a week working. So, absolutely. yeah, <laughs> um, and it's cool. Um, but yeah, and you, you travel all the world doing all this stuff, so that's cool. We uh, just side note. When we finish traveling the country, our plan is to uh, start doing the world travel stuff and um, like Airbnb in big cities, like go to London and stay for like three months and maybe go to Rio de Janeiro and stay for three months in Airbnb. We'll see how that goes, but that's our plan. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I did. Hmm, what have I done so far? I did Australia, New Zealand, Italy, Vatican City, Greece, Belize, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, Barbados, Jamaica, and I'm on my way to Bali. And that's been so since cool. I started this company. So cool. Yeah, <laughs> we've, uh, we've uh, since we started traveling, we've hit 26 states so far in the U.S. Oh, I love it. Um, so cool. And in two and a half years, and we've been all over the place, been to most of the uh, national parks in all those states. Awesome. And been to all sorts of cool things. Got to go to the Mardi Gras in St. Louis a couple weeks <gasps> ago. And fun. yeah, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been super fun. So we still got more to do. We're going to go do spring break in Florida this year. Mm -hmm. And I get to, we're, we just got booked for the Keys in May. So I've never been to the Keys before. I've never actually seen the Atlantic Ocean. So wow. Yeah. You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. It'll be super fun. Cool. So my next question for you, this is actually kind of interesting because of who your audience is. So is, and this is called your, your common enemy, right? And the way that I frame this for our guests is if you could, with your clients, remove one thing from their life that you think would dramatically improve the results that they get and they see something that you're constantly fighting against, you know, a mindset or something that's keeping them, holding them back that you feel like you're just banging your head against the wall. You could just wave your magic wand and get rid of it. What is that thing for your clients um, that you wish you could just solve for them? Yeah, it's, um, it's so funny because you were about to say mindset. I was like, their mindset, that's exactly what we have to get rid of and reprogram. Yeah. Um, usually my clients come to me with a fear of getting visible. Like that's secretly why they're holding back in their business. They're scared to share their real story. They're scared to... Um, put content out there that's actually beneficial. They'll hide behind quote graphics. They'll hide behind, um, you know, a stock photo. And I get it because I used to do the same thing. And especially after domestic violence, I was very scared to be a public person, a public figure, a public business that could be found. And um, when, since my clients are part of that most of the time from that community or have experience with that, they get that fear too. And I know how hard it was for me to work through that. And so that's usually the first thing we address with the people that I work with is, you know, what, what is holding you back from showing up online? And sometimes it's a matter of, well, I just don't know what to do online, which is easily fixable. And sometimes it's, well, there's a fear that I'll be successful, that society will think differently, that my family will think differently differently of me, um, that, 
you know, I'm not good enough or that I don't have enough experience or knowledge or skills or like, why would somebody pay multi four figures or more to work with me? Um, you know, all I can sell is a hundred dollar X, Y, Z. Um, and it's so interesting now that I've done all that inner work and I'm on the other side of, of it to watch other people give those same objections back to me as to why their business isn't working or, or not understanding why their business isn't working. And then you peel back the onion layers and you see that these are all the root problems and root issues and root belief systems that society, their family, their friends, their partners, or even themselves have created for them. And um, that's usually step one. And it's, it's funny because a lot of the people that I work with, I will, I have a mindset program and I always say that's step one. If, if you want to work with me, make sure that this is where you're at first um, because it can make or break the rest of your business and your business's success. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember um, like I do this podcast and I've been doing this podcast for, I started it three years ago and let it flounder for a couple of years because of all the work that goes into doing it and I didn't want to. Um, but I've been doing it for a little over a year now. And I remember like one of the, the things that really held me back from wanting to do it other than all of the immense work that goes into putting in a video podcast together every week is, um, was like actually getting on video and talking to people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not naturally an extroverted person. It's something that I've trained myself to be pretty good at um, over the years. But it, it's a, uh, it, I remember very specifically having that fear of like, I don't want to go online and have people be able to find me, right? And like, I'm terrible on social media, right? We mentioned uh, Twitter a few minutes ago. They kicked me off because I'm not interactive, right? Uh, I do the same thing on Facebook. The only thing I post on Facebook is pictures of my kids from my family. Um, and like, I, I tried for the longest time to like document our travels and post it to a page. I can't do it because like, I just don't care. Right? <laughs> I don't like being found and all that kind of stuff. So like, I, I get that. Um, it's not a, it's not an easy thing to want to be visible. And I think the, uh, the number of people who really like visibility and want to be visible is much smaller than the number of people who have a good story to share that need to get out and share that story. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a, it's an interesting like internal battle you have to fight yeah. to put yourself out there. And then, you know, like for me, the thing that's really changed how I perceive it is actually having started doing it. it took about six months of actually doing the podcast when I started getting feedback from people um, where they're like, your podcast has changed my life or I listen to it all the time. And, you know, this episode with this person really spoke to me and you realize that like getting out and actually doing it um, is if you don't, you are doing a disservice to those people you could be reaching. Absolutely. Um, and that was, I was a, say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a change you sort of have to get to. Um, and yeah, I remember, uh, I'll probably always remember the first time I got a, my, my first super fan email where someone was like, you know, I listened to every episode that you put out and it's at the top of my list. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, it makes so. it worth it. It really does. You know, it was, for me, it was very similar. It was the first time I got a message from somebody. They had booked a four figure package of mine without ever getting on the phone with me. And the message that they sent to me was, I've read all of your content and I'm a domestic violence survivor too. And I've never connected with somebody so much ever. And I can't wait to work with you. <laughs> when's the, when's it start? <laughs> I already paid. <laughs> so, um, so it really is, it's, it's that disservice to society that there are people out there who need to hear your message, your story, your truth, because um, you never know who's out there struggling and needs to hear it. And for some of my clients, they've literally been able to save people's lives because they've hit somebody at the right time with their story and their message right before something tragic could have happened. And yeah. so that's where we have a responsibility as entrepreneurs and as just human beings to be who we really are, be authentic and build businesses that have the platform to change the world. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's actually why uh, um, the reason I started this podcast was for entrepreneurs, right? The guests that I have on my show, that's who the podcast is for, it's for you guys, because culturally, it's always bothered me that, uh, um, you know, entrepreneurs are always villainized. And like always, you know, we all go back to the cartoons we watched as children, you know, it's always whoever the bad guy, it's always an entrepreneur, 
right? Dumping oil in the thing or, you know, doing stuff greedy for money. And the, it's always bothered me because that's just not a reflection of reality. You know, everything that you have in your life that you touch and use on a regular basis was at some point touched by an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right. So your, your life is, is what it is because of entrepreneurs. And I think they are rightly should be called heroes. And so that's why we do this show is to just show people that, you know, heroes come from all over the place. And that's what, uh, you know, we're trying to lift them up and stuff like that. So anyways, I love having a, how messages like that touch people. So. It really is. I mean, it's what brought me here. I read it and I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Cool. So the other side of the common enemy, if common enemy is the thing you fight against, right? The fear mindset and stuff like that of being public. Your driving force is the thing that you fight for, right? So just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. What is it that you guys fight for at your company? So I think what I've really focused on is fighting, fighting a couple things. One, the stigma against what any of my clients or future clients or followers could have potentially gone through. Trauma looks different for everybody. Not everybody identifies with my domestic violence story. That's okay. But they might identify with a different version of trauma. And I fight to give those people a voice in whatever that voice is, whatever their story is, that it's valid that they have the ability to speak now and that they have the ability to impact other people in doing that a lot of people will take that pain life experience that story and find their purpose that comes out on the other side i like to think that um, if I look positively at all of my life experiences, that they are all growth and learning lessons. And while none of them may have been deserved or warranted, that I find something, something in them that gives me some sort of movement forward. And finding my purpose in helping others has been a big part of that and sharing that story to do that, that type of work. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck at there, at that point. They get stuck at okay, well, I have this story, I have this purpose, I know it's my calling to share this story, but then they get stuck in the next part, which is turning it into a profitable business, turning it into something that can actually sustain them. And perhaps there's a mindset belief behind them that they don't want to make money off of tragedy, um, which is not what we're doing at all. What we're doing is building a business that has the ability to impact even more lives. You could become an author, you could become a podcaster, you could become a blogger, you could become a coach, you could become a, a, a writer of any kind. And all of those things can also help you make an income. And all of those things give back and share that story to the world. And those are all good things um, because you can impact lives, save lives, change lives with that story um, and moving the mindset into that. But most people don't get to that point because they don't know the steps and the marketing and the strategy and the mindset needed to move into that space. And so that is one of the things that I truly, truly want to change is that everybody has the opportunity to build the life that they deserve and that they dream of. And I want to help you make that a reality. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And I know um, just because of, you know, our, the topic of our show, um, which is entrepreneurs being heroes, is that one of the common things that entrepreneurs run into is that fear you mentioned of I'm turning my life or whatever into an income because of that cultural understanding that profit is evil. It's evil. Yeah. And it's not true, but it's a mindset that people have. Um, and so they let that hold them back from taking their story, their perspective or whatever it is and actually turning it into a viable business um, yeah. because profit isn't evil. It's yeah. what makes the world go around and it's how you help people. And if you can take whatever you're doing and make it a profit, it means you can do more of it. You can increase the ripple effect. You can positively impact more lives. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's, and that's, and if you're a little woo woo, I'm a little woo woo. Um, you can look at it as it's an equal exchange of money. Mm -hmm. An equal change of energy is literally money. That's all money is. It's just energy. So, you know, by you, I, I said this to somebody I was working with yesterday, they were worried about um, charging for something that they were selling as well. And I said, who values free? And if you value free and somebody else is giving it to you for free, is there any level of resentment in that exchange? 
where if you're equally exchanging energy on a mutually beneficial level, then there's, there's no, everybody shows up to the table with yeah. their all. And voluntary exchange. Yeah. And that's a good thing. And so, you know, it's, it's, and I gave this story. I was like, if you go and sit on a couch with your friend and your friend, you know, whines and moans and complains about X, Y, Z problem. And you offer that advice to your friend and your friend goes out and like does whatever. But then the next week, your friend goes to their therapist that they're paying out of pocket for that's, you know, seen as an expert in their eyes and they're charged for it. And they get the exact same thing you said last week on the couch for free. But now they come to you on the couch the next week and be like, my therapist said, blah, 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 you know? And you're like, but that's what I told you. And you didn't have to pay for it. It's because they see it from somebody that's an expert that they paid for. And it's an equal energy exchange. And sometimes free just isn't valued. And it's that mindset. And that was the the example I gave yesterday. It was just a random one that I gave to one of my clients. They're like, oh yeah, I've totally been in that situation before. Or, you know, I've, I've, totally been there and and that's why it's not a bad thing to run a business and make money at it where i where i feel that running a business is different is that business owners have a responsibility to those clients that it's not about getting the money out of them it's about doing what they need to be successful and in my code of ethics i personally will turn away clients that have money in hand if i feel like they're not a good fit or if i feel like i can't help them and that brings you back to your authentic core of why are you really an entrepreneur it's to help people and it's not to line your pockets yeah yeah and what's interesting is when you actually change your focus you end up lining your pockets (laughs) absolutely (laughs) it's it's that whole uh uh, one of one of my uh core beliefs is that uh the uh if, if you go into scripture and look at you know jesus's sermon on the mount um he he gives a whole bunch of like things and i always say it's like it's not like this is how you should live it was like hey i i like i wrote the the code for the universe and this is how it works so when he says like first give and then you'll receive it's not like that's a good idea it's like hey that's the way the universe actually functions <laughs> and if you want to if you want to function in it you should like operate that way Right. Yeah. So. I mean, it's so true. It's, it's why marketing leads with free opt-ins, free trainings, free challenges, free webinars. First mm. give, then build the yeah. know, like, and trust factor that leads to a potential it's, it's lead. It's that whole uh, proof to them that you can actually help them by actually helping them. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and then, uh, then they trust you're like, you actually already helped me. And that changes the conversation quite a bit. Yeah. So my next question for you is about um, your hero's tool belt. This is our practical section of our show. And, you know, maybe you got a big magical hammer like Thor or bulletproof vest like your neighborhood police officer, or maybe you just really love how Evernote helps you organize your thoughts. What are some of the tools you use today that you couldn't live without for, you know, managing clients or managing your calendar or managing the deliverables you do that you just, they, you know, they make your business what it is. Yeah, there's a few. So um, obviously I love automation. So anything that helps me automate things. I'm not a huge fan of investing a ton of money. Like I have pretty low overhead for my business. I mean, that's why I chose the business style that I choose um, to work online and virtual. But the things that I will pay for are things that make my life easier. And I obviously will invest in email automation like no tomorrow. And I will invest in a good email company that makes sure my tags work and my flows are going where they're supposed to go because that's where I make the money. Um, I also, for free, love using scheduling tools. One of my favorite ones is called Recurpost. If you've never heard of that, and I find it's like more of a newer one um, that a lot of people have never heard of before, Recurpost changed my life. And now I'm not an affiliate, I'm just a fan. But Recurpost um, for free will allow you to create 100 pieces of content, organize them into various albums and have them cycle out on social media for about three months or so before it has you refresh your connection. And literally you upload it once and then you let it go. And what that does is as long as you're a business that runs evergreen content that is already tested and super valuable and already you know converts, it's a great way to have a nurture cycle of never-ending content on your social media platforms that you have already proven um, lead you to more leads and sales. So that's one of my favorite tools to use once you have set up those systems. That's awesome. Yeah, my uh, um, 
I haven't, uh, we're not using any sort of social media posting stuff yet for our show, but we probably should be at some point, but our, uh, we're, we're just posting new episodes every week. So that's been our, uh, <laughs> our thing. But what we should probably do is look at seeing how we can pull some of our more popular episodes from the past and recycle them into uh, republishing and showing up at the top of the feeds again. Yeah, that's literally how I, back when I was blogging and I ran businesses that had a big blogging component on it, like the photography, um, it was a great way to make sure I had consistent traffic to some of my most popular posts, my best performing posts and, and, and things like that. So I think it's really great for bloggers, podcasters, um, people who do evergreen based launching and for people who just have general tips, advice, storytelling based content that can nurture your audience on any given day of the week. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So who's your favorite uh, email platform right now? Right now I am using ConvertKit. I was okay. using MailChimp, but I have fallen in love with ConvertKit and specifically I've fallen in love with ConvertKit because their customer service is incredible. Nice, my, uh, my current favorite is uh, ActiveCampaign. Mm, we can I've do heard some, of that one too. Some ridiculously cool automations inside of ActiveCampaign that uh, you can I don't, you can do crazy stuff in there. I like, love it. <laughs> like super, super cool. Um, but yeah, that's my, uh, my favorite one currently. Cool. So next question for you is your own personal heroes, right? So just like Frodo had Gandalf or Luke had Obi-Wan or Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. Who were some of your heroes? Were they real life mentors, um, speakers or authors, peers who may be a couple of years ahead of you, maybe your parents? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far? Yeah, you know, I think my heroes, you know, they're personal ones, honestly, that, that um, changed my life in some way, shape or form, you know, those secret behind the scenes heroes that might not yeah. be getting the, um, the, the attention that maybe somebody on the front page of a paper would get, but sometimes those are the best ones. And um, I personally give a lot of credit to those that I have worked with, not only just my mentors, who I absolutely could not be where I am today without, um, but also my business partners and my clients, because I really, at the end of the day, am so inspired by the people that I work with that it makes me inspi like inspired to do more and show up more and show up more authentically. And so those two pieces of my business are a huge part. At the same time in my personal life, I have some really amazing friends that, um, you know, at one point in my life, I had a choice between being inside a domestic violence shelter, which I had no shame around, it's what I needed at the time, or my friend offering to let me live with them on the couch. And I built my business from the couch of a friend's apartment. And I can't thank my friends enough for changing my life and giving me the opportunity to stay alive. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually have a sort of random side follow-up question for you on that. Okay. Because your life and business moves as much as it does, how have you managed to keep your community, so to speak, to keep your your group of friends and people that um, that allow you to, uh, you know, to have those relationships and stuff, right? Um, I know so, sort of how our family does it. I'm just curious how, how you manage that. Yeah, well, I've learned that it's definitely quality over quantity. And I am very lucky that I have some very, very close friends that have grown with me. They've been there for me since high school or college or grad school or whatever it may be. And then I found new people along the way, new people that have had similar experiences to myself and who get what stage of the life I'm currently living in and what my dreams and goals are. And I've always been really supportive with that. And the best part is because my work is remote and I get to travel the world, um, I get to travel to see them too. And that's the best part. And, you know, I'll, I'll be totally honest. I'm not the person that's going to text you every single day, but if you saw me, you know, 10 years later and we went on a vacation together, we'd pick up right where we left off. And that's how I value friendships, the, the ones that never change, no matter how much time has passed. And I've always been the person that no matter how long it's been, I'm loyal to the core. And if you need something, I've got your back. And I've watched my friends do the same thing for me. Um, so I've, I've just really 
learned a lot from the friend group that I had on, on what unconditional love truly is. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And I know we've sort of had the similar experience where we've got a, we, after we've been traveling for two and a half years, we've got friends all over the country now and we can go and meet those people. We've also got our families that we go and see and whatnot. And, you know, it's, it's always now, now that we've traveled enough, it's like we, we plan our travels around going to meet people um, instead of places. Yeah. So absolutely. it's a, that's super cool, fun. And I imagine that you guys have, you got the same thing going on, except now it's international for you. <laughs> It is. It's really cool to meet people all over the world and be able to say like, oh, I know somebody in that country or I have a friend out so there. So have you, have you learned to speak any other languages in your travels too? Not really in my travels, um, but I have been tested with the languages that I learned from like my time in high school, <laughs> going to all of these countries and um, hearing it back for the first time in years and being like, oh my goodness, how, how did I know this at one point? And I'm very <laughs> lost in the grocery store. Um, last week, I walked into the men's bathroom on accident at an airport again. <laughs> my so. my uh, favorite international experience so far, um, mostly because it was just crazy. I was in Thailand. Mm -hmm. And in Thailand, they do have guys and girls bathrooms, but they don't particularly care which one you use. Um, and it's not really culturally relevant if you're a guy or a girl. So I was, I was like 17 or 18, 19. I was, it was a couple, first couple of years of college. And I was in Thailand. I was at the bathroom standing at the urinal and the cleaning lady came in and she was like standing at the urinal next to me and she was like cleaning it. And she complimented me. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> that, was, that was like the first thing, like my first international experience. I'm in Thailand and I'm like at a urinal with a lady standing next to me. I was like, oh whoa. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. I've just learned that I need to, to look at the pictures better because reading the words is not working in my favor right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So my last question for you, this is our, uh, um, my, is your guiding principles, right? Top one or two principles or actions that you use regularly today that you think contribute to the success and influence that you enjoy in your business. Maybe something you wish you had known when you first started out. I think um, the biggest thing is that you have to believe in yourself. It's really hard to be an entrepreneur um, with a lot of opinions around you. Sometimes those opinions aren't always positive. You've got society, family, friends, perhaps a significant other that's influencing maybe your mindset surrounding your business. And a lot of my clients will come to me and be like, well, so-and-so isn't very supportive of me doing X, Y, and Z. And you know, it's, it's quite common. When I first started my first business, you know, my parents were like, please don't quit college. <laughs> like, don't go full time into this. Um, and it wasn't until I started making significant money in it that my parents were like, what do you need? What can we buy you? What do you need for Christmas to support your business? That type of thing. Um, so sometimes you have to go at it alone for a really long time. And it's, that's, a, yeah. that's a lonely road. And the only person that can get you through that is you and the community that you choose to surround yourself by. And so that's where I I choose to surround myself with other entrepreneurs, other mentors. I love doing um, podcast recordings and interviews and blog, you know, exchanges with people because those people are fellow entrepreneurs who also get it. And, you know, they always say like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And that's true for entrepreneurship too. Sometimes you've got to move out into a different room and start get start getting yourself challenged. And sometimes um, I've paid for those people to yeah. be in that room. And those yeah. are some of the best investments. Sometimes I've gotten them um, just through talking. Sometimes they become biz besties because I meet them in a mastermind or I meet them in a coaching program or whatever. But um, your success can absolutely depend on your mindset, believing in yourself and surrounding yourself with the right kinds of people. Yeah, I remember uh, um, the first time I got myself in a room full of people that were smarter than me. Um, which is uh, hard to do sometimes when you're the kind of work that we do. And, and I felt like I was like a, you know, I had just gone into like the high school water polo, like professional team. And I was like, like the seven-year-old who couldn't swim yet. <laughs> yeah. It's humbling. I think yeah. that's another piece of it too. No matter what level of success you're at, 
you got to remember what got you there. And it's humbling. Yeah. That journey and there's up always there, a, humbling. there's always a room for people that are way better than you are at whatever it is you're doing. Absolutely. Uh, and it's, that's a good place to be because that really forced my business to grow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also remember, you know, in 2007, I dropped out of college to start my business. And I remember my parents both, you know, my birthday card my dad gave me said something along the lines of uh um i don't really know, know or understand what you do but i'm really proud of what you've done what you know who you've become and where you are and what you're doing for your family and whatnot and you know takes a while um but <laughs> but they'll come around eventually absolutely they will and if they don't you just keep doing you Let's keep doing you. So that's basically it for our interview, Jenny. Thank you so much for coming on. I have one last thing that we do at the end of all of our episodes. It's called the Heroes Challenge. It's pretty simple. Um, it's basically it. this. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why should you think they should come on our show and share their story? Ooh, I'm going to shout out Jane Baker. She is um, a business coach overseas for us. Um, and she just wrote a best-selling Amazon book on high-end selling. And her book, it gave me huge aha moments. It's called She Lives Limitlessly. And her story is amazing. She started out as a really young entrepreneur as well. Um, she dropped out of school to run her business and she earned seven figures running her first company, then gave it up to follow her passion of coaching, which she has also grown into an incredible business. And she's just an incredible person, an incredible marketer, and an incredible um, entrepreneur in general. Awesome. That sounds really cool. I'll have to see if we can get her on the show. So Jenny, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you if they're looking to have, get help with their business? And more importantly, who are the right types of people to reach out and say, yeah, I'd like to get help from Jenny? Oh, yeah. So um, if you have been able to resonate with anything that I've said today. You're, you're a trauma coach, you're a mindset coach, you are an advocate or you have a business that is surrounding that advocacy and cause-based work. I would love for you to come join my community. I have a Facebook group, uh, www.facebook.com slash groups slash results in a month. And all of my handles are also under that. So Twitter and Instagram is all under at results in a month. And you can find me on my website at www.jhmarketingresults.com. Awesome. Thank you so very much for coming on. Again, it's uh, results in a month at all of these social media platforms. If you are in that space, make sure you reach out to Jenny. Obviously, it sounds like she knows what she's doing here to help you grow your audience. Um, so Jenny, before we hit that stop record button, you got any final words of wisdom for my audience? Yeah, guys, just keep doing you and never give up. There's always a way to figure something out. I promise. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> you heard her. Never give up, guys. Thank you for coming on, Jenny. Thank you so much.